Hey, it's Michelle here. I know you've got a lot going on. Kids, work, house, family, all the things. And maybe it's got you feeling not like yourself. But is it like I need a nap and a snack kind of tired? Or are you experiencing burnout? A recent study found that 83% of moms are experiencing burnout. And so many of you have asked me to do more coaching around burnout. So I am so excited to announce our brand new private podcast series, Heal Your Burnout. One thing I know about you is that you don't have time for another long PDF or a recorded masterclass that just sits in your inbox because you don't have an extra hour to sit down and watch it. So I created this five episode private podcast just for you. There are five short actionable episodes that you can access anywhere when you're making dinner in the pickup line or working out. And by the end of this series, you'll have an understanding of what stage of burnout you're at. Spoiler, there are three stages of burnout. And I'll give you my proven six-step framework to healing burnout so that you can start shifting the energy of how you feel and recovering from your burnout today. I want to encourage you While burnout is super common, it is not normal, you guys. You don't have to wake up every day feeling like this. You can heal. You can regulate your nervous system. You can unlock the stress cycle. You can restore your energy and you can heal from burnout. Click the link in the show notes to check out the private podcast series, Heal Your Burnout, today. You're likely going to resonate with at least one of these. And I just want you to keep in mind that Simply, this new awareness is gold. Like this isn't a diagnosis, this isn't a label or a category, but rather it's just about understanding so we can have compassion for ourselves. Because we're all the way we are. We all do things we do for a reason. And then once you're able to identify your attachment style and the reason you have that attachment style, then you're able to start to heal some of the traumas that have led to that style. So you can become more secure, which will really strengthen your relationships. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm Michelle Grosser, your host, and today we are talking about relationships, and I thought it would be insightful for us to talk about attachment styles. I know when I started my coaching career and I first started learning about attachment styles, I just had so many uh, light bulb and aha moments because we're all relational, and deep down, we all want to attach to others. As humans, we all want to belong to a group, right? It's this evolutionary and biological response we have to keep us close to those we love for survival. It's genetic. And it's not a luxury. If we've spent any time around a new baby, we know that the closeness and the comfort 
that relationship with our caregivers and with others, it's as important as milk or food or water and our own attachment style. It doesn't just affect our romantic relationships or the relationships that we have with our partners, but our attachment style can really affect all of our relationships. It can affect the relationships that we have with family and extended family, coworkers, clients, and our friendships. So the way in which we attach is so deeply rooted in our childhood experiences. It's so fascinating, but would you believe that each of our attachment styles is already defined by the time we're 18 months old? That's crazy to me. In just a year and a half, our nervous system's already experienced enough for our bodies to fall into one of these styles. And what's interesting is that it's actually the difficulties and the hardships of our childhood and our life experience that shape how we grow and evolve. But these same hardships and these same difficulties also shape how we're stunted or how we're stuck in so many areas of our relationships too. And the number one influence over our attachment style is how we were parented. It can also be influenced by things like our culture and our genetics and our environment, but it's most shaped by how we were or, or weren't parented. And the powerful thing, and the thing I want you to keep in mind, is that our attachment styles are malleable. So depending on our past and the type or the number of traumas we've experienced, it can make it a different process to heal, but the beauty And the hope is found in the fact that it is always healable. But like anything else, the key is awareness, right? And I always say it, but we can't intervene in a world that we can't see. So just by you listening to this podcast today, you're going to start to have a basic understanding of your attachment style. And if you're so inclined, you can go down a rabbit hole and you can study this so much further And this new understanding is going to empower you to heal from those difficulties and those hardships, which is going to improve your relationships. So before we talk about the four attachment styles and how yours is impacting your relationship, I wanted to touch on the dependency paradox. Because all of this has such an impact not only on us and our adult relationships, but Since it's how we're parented that impacts our attachment style, this is such great information for us to have as a parent. Most of us and our children, we're only as needy as our unmet needs, right? It's that constant analysis, like, am I safe? Am I loved? Am I validated? Am I enough? And so many things that get in the way of healthy adult relationships is that we're still trying to get our unmet needs from our childhood met by others in adulthood. And when those emotional needs are met, we're able to turn our attention outwards because we feel secure enough to do so. So it's wild, but being able to securely depend on our caregivers, that's what actually allows us to grow to be more independent. And the reason for this is that when we're well attached to our caregivers, It helps us to regulate our psychological and our emotional well-being. So when we bond in a healthy way, it regulates our nervous system. So how close our parents are to us, how present they are, how available they are, this all influences the stress responses in our nervous system. So in theory, and ideally, 
The more secure we are in the relationships with our caregivers, the fewer unmet needs we have. And then the more regulated we are. And then the more independent we can be because our needs are being met. And then the more secure our attachment style is. But whatever needs weren't met in childhood, what we do is we go out and we look for those needs to be met in our relationships now as adults. And we can probably all think of moments where we were in relationship with someone and we had, you know, this moment where we're like, whoa, this, this feels a lot like my relationship with my mother. Or dang, this person really reminds me of my dad. You know, I'm feeling how I felt in childhood. And we're looking for those things we didn't get in childhood. And that's why an awareness of our attachment styles is so valuable because we can start to see patterns and we can recognize the patterns we're displaying in adulthood and see their origin in our childhood. Okay, so let's jump in and explore the four attachment styles. You're likely going to resonate with at least one of these. And I just want you to keep in mind that Simply, this new awareness is gold. Like, this isn't a diagnosis, this isn't a label or a category, but rather it's just about understanding so we can have compassion for ourselves. Because we're all the way we are. We all do things we do for a reason. And then once you're able to identify your attachment style and the reason you have that attachment style, then you're able to start to heal some of the traumas that have led to that style. So you can become more secure, which will really strengthen your relationships. So the first attachment style is the secure attachment style. And this is the attachment style we'd all like to have. It's the healthiest attachment style. It's the goal we should all be working toward. And the good news is that we can all heal whatever our current attachment style is, wherever we are. So a secure attachment style is available to all of us if we're willing to do the work. And over time, and let me tell you, a lot of work and a lot of growth and patience and compassion, I've gotten here. But I do have to be careful because in moments of stress or if I'm in a disagreement with Jeff or kind of a rut or even more importantly, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not doing the things I know I need to do, to stay regulated and feel healthy, you know, physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally, then I notice that I slip back into an avoidant attachment style, which is one of the insecure attachment styles. So you'll find that if you have a a secure attachment style in your relationship, you'll find that you won't sweat the small stuff. And for me, this has been a huge area of growth. When Jeff and I were first married, there were so many little things that would trigger me or drive me crazy. Things he did that would drive me nuts. But my triggers are mine, right? They're for me to explore and they're for me to work through. So he still does a lot of these things. Like, I don't know, for example, he loves to have um, all of our sliding doors in the house wide open and the AC blasting at the same time. And mind you, we live in Miami and it's usually 90 degrees and humid, but I'm at a point now where I've grown and I've dealt with my stuff and I've dealt with my triggers and it doesn't bother me anymore. So it's developing this balance of caring enough about the right things while not overly worrying or nagging or nitpicking. 
And another characteristic of being in the secure attachment style is that you really like to collaborate and work with others. You're a team player. You can trust and you can delegate and you appreciate others' input and you don't take things personally or you don't get easily offended. And someone with a secure attachment style is usually also great at reading others. So they have a good awareness of others' emotions and they can, you know, read faces and voices and they tend to deal well with difficult people. They can read between the lines. Like everything is always speaking, right? People's energy, how they dress, how they do their hair, what, what kind of car they drive. It's all speaking. It's all telling a story. So people in a secure attachment style, they can pick up on what's making people tick. They can determine what motivates people, the mood they're in, and they can accurately judge all of these things in their partners too. And then finally, people with a secure attachment style, they're comfortable with their own feelings and they're comfortable with intimacy and they are comfortable with sharing their feelings without overthinking or overcomplicating them. And the reason why is because they feel secure, right? They don't need to manipulate or they don't need to have perfect timing, but they can be authentic in their expression while also respecting, you know, healthy boundaries and communication. So this all sounds great. This is the ideal, but where does this come from? Well, having a secure attachment style results from having had reliable and consistent parents. And it comes from having a family that had a focus and an emphasis on relationship. So this is the kind of parents we want to be, right? Reliable and consistent so that our kids can grow up to have secure attachment styles. These are the parents that allowed us to be ourselves and to express ourselves and they didn't stifle us and they also allowed us to safely test boundaries. So those are the parents that were kind of like those guardrails on the highway. They let you ride, but if you got, of course, they were there to redirect you and guide you and protect you. Now, (laughs) no one's perfect. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect parenting. So we could all release a big collective sigh of relief But what this does mean is that your parents repaired if they misstepped and then they were consistent and moving forward. And this is such a big takeaway for us now as parents. We can apologize. We can take responsibility and we can promise to do better or that it won't happen again. And then we can follow through on that. So we can mess up, but when we mess up, we must repair. And this is also a way that we can perform a repair with ourselves, right? If we notice we're being hard on ourselves, if we notice we're being critical, or if we notice that our self-talk is harsh or our inner critic is being particularly brutal, we can notice and we can repair with ourselves. And this is how we perform a secure attachment style within ourselves. So the bottom line with a secure attachment style is that you knew where you stood with your parents. So that's the secure attachment style. That's the idea That's what we're all working toward. Now, there are also three insecure attachment styles, and we'll go through them. And again, we all probably fall into one of these when we're not at our best, but what we want is an awareness of the style. And then that allows us to explore the reasons we fall into that style. So what we can do is we can start to heal and we can start to move toward a secure attachment style. So the second attachment style and the first insecure attachment style is the anxious attachment style. 
So the anxious attachment style, that usually arises when, as a child, your parents were inconsistent. You could go to them for love, you could go to them for security and encouragement, but at the same time, you also often felt like you were walking on eggshells. You didn't know where you stood. Sometimes they were capable of being reliable and present and engaged and loving and patient, but sometimes they weren't. So imagine that can be really confusing for a young child. Like they don't know where they stand. They don't know what they can expect or what they can depend on. And as adults, I think we probably still have people like this in our own lives today. And I'm sure you can think about it. There's probably someone in your life that you don't know what you're going to get from them on any given day. Maybe they're going to show up cheerful and in good spirits and pleasant and encouraging or Maybe they're going to show up in a sour mood and just out to ruin everything in their path. And not knowing what you're going to get, that's nerve-wracking and that's anxiety-inducing for our adult nervous systems. Now imagine the nervous system of a young child. And the way this anxious attachment style generally shows up is a feeling that you're simultaneously searching for validation and for security and for acceptance and for love, searching for all these things you deeply need, all while just kind of waiting anxiously for the other shoe to drop. Like you're missing the ability to just sit securely in the relationship. There's anxiety about what you're going to get from your partner and when you're going to get it and how you're going to get it. And you have a hard time just being in your relationship because you're feeling anxious. And the reason you're feeling anxious is because your nervous system's dysregulated and it can't really feel safe and stable with another person. And then another way the anxious attachment style can form is if our parent was too close, right? If it's this enmeshed relationship and you and your caregiver started to kind of become one, you were too interdependent, your world's just revolved around one another. Your caregiver couldn't operate independently of you. So if you find that maybe that was your story and you had an enmeshed relationship with your caregiver, maybe the roles were reversed and you found that you were caring for your caregiver, then typically that shows up as an attachment style. It's an anxious attachment style, but it's one that's overly needy. So if you find that this is maybe your story and you were raised in this sort of enmeshed relationship where your caregiver, maybe they were so dependent on you for things that wasn't healthy, right? It was this over-dependence. Then your anxious attachment style probably shows up as you being overly needy. So if you find yourself being overly needy, needing everything from your partner, um, you're likely in that type of anxious attachment style. And when we find ourselves in a relationship that's a project, or we are feeling this need to fix others or to be there to save others, or we're living in this world where it's like, I'm not okay unless you're okay, we're falling into this pattern of being the rescuer or the caretaker, that all usually shows up if you had that enmeshed parent relationship. Your parents were overly dependent on you, and the roles kind of reversed, and you became the caregiver. So more signs you're in an anxious attachment style. If you notice you're someone who feels really big and really deep emotions in your relationship, maybe you can be really quick to attach or to bond with other people. 
in this attachment style, people that are in the anxious attachment style are often really physically touchy with others. And they might bond a little too quickly too. They tend to rush into relationships without really evaluating whether it's a good fit or whether the other person can meet their needs. And they crave that closeness in touch. And it's this constant analysis that they're living in of like, does this person love me? So you might have an anxious attachment style if you find you have a hard time adjusting between being around others or being with a partner um, and then going to being alone. Like you just need that constant validation. So maybe it's something where you go on a date, right? And then you're driving yourself crazy waiting on the next call or waiting on the next text. And then the minute it comes through, you feel so much better. And it's waiting for someone else to regulate your nervous system. So if you find you're resonating with this ancient attachment style, the first step in healing is not in your relationships. It doesn't mean you can't be in relationship, but I would encourage you to find a good therapist or a good coach who can help you do the self-work and can help you learn how to meet your own needs. That's really what you need if you're in an, an anxious attachment style. You need to be feeling into your own body and learning how to identify what you need when you're in a dysregulated state and how to meet your own needs and soothe yourself instead of the pattern you're in, which is looking to others to do it for you. So that's the anxious attachment style. The third one is the avoidant attachment style. And this one is exactly what it sounds like, right? You might have this style if you find that you tend to push others away. Maybe you really prefer to be alone or have your own space. You don't let anyone in. You really value your autonomy and your independence is super important to you. You don't let anyone get too close or see the real you. You really struggle with intimacy or with being vulnerable. And this comes from a parent who is dismissive of your needs. Or maybe rather than being dismissive, they were, for whatever reason, they just weren't around. And it was a case of unintentional neglect. And maybe you were just left on your own a lot. And you've kind of got this identity or this story in your head that you're just really independent or you're just really self-sufficient. But really, you were left as a child to figure out things on your own. And your nervous system wasn't regulated because you had an absent caregiver. And the way your nervous system deals with that is that even at a really young age, you learn to withdraw and you learn that it's better and you learn that it's safer if you don't rely on or depend on others. So if you find yourself resonating with this pattern, the avoidant attachment style, the way to start to heal is to challenge yourself to be vulnerable in safe relationships. So you've got to learn to trust others to meet your needs. You've got to learn to trust others to be seen and be heard. So it's letting, you know, someone in. It's getting some guidance on how to push past your pattern and push out of your comfort zone. And it takes practice. It takes practice to really allow yourself to feel truly supported by another person. You know, you can start to practice with a coach. You can start to practice with a therapist or someone you feel safe with and just let your walls down and really practice those intimate one-on-one relationship skills. And then the final, the last attachment style is a disorganized attachment style. 
And this comes from growing up with just constant chaos, so much fear. So the child wants the parent to be the source of comfort, and maybe here and there the parent is, but more often the parent is actually the source of the fear. So what happens then is that the child feels like they have nowhere to go, right? The people that should they should be going to for comfort, the people they should be going to for love are the same people that are causing them to feel scared or unsafe. And you can see how this would be really confusing, right, for a developing nervous system. So how this tends to show up as adults is it tends to show up with a come here, go away energy, right? They want to be close, but they're scared. They want to connect, but they don't trust anyone. So they push everyone away because all they know is chaos or trauma. It's a, I want you, but I don't, right? Sometimes it feels like a red light or a green light. Come here, go away. People with this disorganized attachment style, they can feel a deep loneliness because, you know, deep down, like all of us, they just want to connect with others, but they're flinchy. They're flinchy. So with any kind of threat, their nervous system becomes dysregulated and they just check out. And to deal with this type of attachment style, you really have to deal with that underlying trauma. Again, you want to find a good therapist, you want to find a trauma-informed coach, and you want to start to heal the trauma of the chaos of your childhood. So that's it. Those are the four attachment styles. We have that secure attachment style, right? That's what we're all trying to heal and, and grow toward. And then there's the anxious attachment style, the avoidant attachment style, and the disorganized attachment style. And the good news is that no attachment style is set in stone. We can bounce between them, but we typically all have a primary style that was formed in that early childhood. And regardless of where you land, regardless of what kind of resonated with you today or what you heard that you resonated with and you're like, hey, that sounds like my childhood experience, it's not fixed. There are ways to heal and there are ways to grow into a secure attachment style for all of us. So let's do it. Let's do the work. Let's heal. Let's grow into that secure attachment style so that we can really have those deep and those beautiful secure relationships in our life. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.